0: How many like somebody who has good manners? Anybody like people with good manners? You know, in fact, people who don't use their manners, you go away. Oh man, they could have been a little bit more polite than that. And uh, to me, uh, Thanksgiving weekend is really just manners. It's manners to God because God's given us so much. He's been so good to us. Isn't that right? Come on, use your manners right now and open your mouth and say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's great to be back. I don't know if you missed me, but I've been away for three weeks. I definitely missed you. And uh, we've been in Brazil and uh, been in the UK. And it's just amazing what God is doing all over the planet. As you saw before, we now have 40 different locations in 10 different countries. And uh, I went to Brazil thinking we're just going to help in Rio. Uh, But we traveled right around Brazil helping other churches And uh, what I didn't realize before I went is we've actually got a gathering right now in Sao Paulo as well. Sao Paulo is a big city. It's a city of 20 million people. So it's rather large. And uh, we had a gathering just, hey, rallied some people together. And on a Saturday night, we had over 100 people at that gathering. So now we've got something going in Rio and we've got something going in Sao Paulo as well. So that's pretty exciting with what God's doing. And uh, I I just feel like, you know, right at the beginning of the year, we declared this is a year of wide open doors. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, he said, there's a wide open door for a great work here, even though many oppose me. And we declared that. And I want to say, God has been faithful to that word. There's just been wide open doors. You know, right now in the UK, I was in the UK, and we had 60 pastors doing a church growth intensive. I did 18 sessions in four days. That's the most I've ever done before. 18 sessions in four days. It was intensive. Uh, but, uh, you know, God is raising an army of people uh, to reach into Europe, to reach into places where there's a lot of darkness And in fact, Europe's a massive mission field. And it was just exciting to see pastors go, man, we can do this. We can reach out well. We can see significant churches established in our community. And we can see the kingdom of God move forward in these areas. And, uh, you know, there's just wide open doors everywhere. A wide open door for a great work. How many know if God's in it, it's not average? Come on. If God's in it, it's a great work. It's a great work. And anything that is great is going to attract opposition. Because the enemy is not just going to roll over and applaud you if you decide to do something significant for God. You know The the fact that some of you are under attack right now is because God's got something great for you to do. And so you should get encouraged when you get a little bit of an attack. Okay, God must be in this because the devil doesn't want me to succeed. And so he's going to do everything to stop me. But, But God's for me. And if God be for me, it doesn't matter what's against me because he's triumphant. He's victorious in Jesus' name. And I love, yeah, as a church, we're just moving forward. Salvations, baptisms, encounters. We've got a college graduation coming up on Thursday night with over 100 students graduating from a year of study, being equipped, being empowered to change their world. I just think there's a wide open door. There's a wide open door. So there's been wide open doors, but... I challenge to say many of us have had shut doors this year. <laughs> doors slammed shut in our face. But that's alright. You know, sometimes that happens. I find rejection is direction. <laughs> yeah, and if you face the level of de- rejection, it's just because God wants to open a bigger door. I found also that this year, the door hasn't swung wide open. It's just, you know, a little crack. It's, it's about to swing open. And, uh, you know, I don't know if God's saying, hey, you need to lose some weight so you can fit through that door. Or um, God's going to swing it wide open. But, uh, but, but there's potential and there's, there's possibility ahead of us. And, and God's got so many great things in store. I really believe that the best years for Equipus Church are ahead of us in Jesus' name. Come on, what God wants to do in this city. You know, what God wants to do through your life, in your family, in your friends, in your neighbors. The best is yet ahead in Jesus' name. And that's why, you know, we can take on the words that Paul spoke about in First Thessalonians chapter 5. He said, come on, he said, I want you to rejoice always. That's, that's, always. Not just some of the time. Not just when you're feeling it. Rejoice. Come on, somebody say always. always. Rejoice Always and pray without ceasing. Pray, pray all the time, and give thanks for everything—not just some things, but give thanks in everything. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Uh, today, if you want to know the will of God for your life, well, there it is, right there. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and in everything—not for everything. Now, we don't thank God for sickness, that's crazy, that comes from the enemy. But we can thank God in everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. knowing that God's working and He's working for our good. Thank God in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Uh, in life, it's so easy to lose focus. You know, we forget what we should remember, and we remember what we should forget. How many of you have found that? You go to the store, go to the The grocery store, and you go with an agenda, but you get distracted. And then you leave the grocery store, forgetting to get what you're supposed to get. Uh, And and we forget what we should remember, and we remember what we should forget. You know, it's often as easy to remember what hasn't worked, and what's gone wrong, and the hard days, and the tough times, and and who's against us, and our opposition. And, And we remember those things, and we forget. You know, where we live. Yeah. New Zealand's a pretty good country. Yeah. Come on, how many are thankful that we live in New Zealand? Come on. Let's Come on. give God a bit better. God defend New Zealand. This is a great country If we can forget who we're surrounded by. This is an amazing community of people here. Now We're, uh, we're surrounded with, by great people. We forget uh, what we deserved. We don't deserve this. And sometimes we forget what we have received. God's amazing grace. And, and we can forget who is with us and who is for us. You now, so often it's easy to focus on the, neg- uh, the negative side that we miss all the good things that God is releasing through our life. That's why Thanksgiving is, is a great thing to do. Because it opens our eyes to what God is right now doing in our life. See, there's a story found in 2 Kings chapter 6. It's a story where Elisha is surrounded. And his servant wakes up and he freaks out because he's a sur- surrounded by an enemy army. And, and it's like when you're surrounded, there's no way out. That's why they say, put your hands up. You're surrounded. Come out. And right now, it, it's like, give in. Quit. Uh, you're, you're surrounded. And, and the enemy so often wants us to think that we're surrounded. Because we're focused on what's not going right and who's against us. But but the good news is God wants to open our eyes to what he's doing. And and Elisha had to calm his servant down. And and he prayed for his servant that his servant's eyes would be open. And and in a moment, his servant's eyes were open. And he saw that that what was surrounding them, you know, there was an army, a greater army, the army of God surrounding that army. Could it be right now? You feel trapped, you feel locked in, you feel surrounded. You feel like there's no way out. I wanna declare this morning that what you're surrounded by, God's surrounding that. And He wants to accomplish a great victory in your life. Come on, don't give up. We got one month left in the year. Man, December's gonna be party month. Our kids' Christmas production. We're gonna invite the world. We're gonna see God do amazing things. Don't give up. He's working. He works while we sleep. That's good news right there. God is working while we're sleeping. And and for us to experience breakthrough, we've got to take on the words of Psalm 100. This psalm is well known. We often speak about it because it's a pathway into God's presence. It talks about how we're to enter his gates with. Come on, we're to enter his gates with. And we're to come into his courts with. With praise, give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, now I just want to break down three thoughts here. Thanksgiving, what's Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he's done, he's done a lot, he's done a whole lot. He died on the cross, paying the price of yours and my sin. He conquered sin and death once and for all. He's done a lot. So thanksgiving is thanking God for what he's done. Praise. The difference between thanksgiving and praise is praise is thanking God for who he is. So thanksgiving is praising God for what, uh, thanking him for what he's done. But, But when we praise, we're thanking God for who he is. And that brings us into a place of worship. And if actually you unpack the, the meaning of that word worship, which is a big word, you know, it, it, it actually means the kiss of God. Wow. So, so, so worship it is intimacy with God. Wow. Yeah. And, and the way that we enter into those moments of worship, of knowing the closeness of God, is through thanksgiving. Thanking God for what He's done. So and then praise praising Him for who He is. And as we do that, we connect with God. Come on, we don't want to just run a religious service on a Sunday morning at Equippers. We want to encounter God. We want to draw close to God knowing if we draw close to Him, He will draw close to us. It's easy to get things out of focus right now I'm on the back screen that's a little bit scary that head right there I don't know if I covered it all this morning but you know if we get a wide shot you know uh, uh, know, quickly you can make this picture go blurry now maybe I look better blurry I don't know but uh, if the camera person wants to do that I don't know if they can do that if they're that skilled to make it go blurry (laughs) Um, blurry there yeah you can even get a close-up right there but, you know, focus, yeah, is it blurry right there? I, I can't see, yeah, okay, that's blurry There, That's like a lot of my Instagram photos. You know, very blurry, in fact, that's why I don't post that often is because I can't take good photographs. It's like, you know, it's blurry. But, but focus is important to life. Okay, you can focus back in because people want to see this beautiful face. No. Uh, uh, no, but focus is important to life and And when things get out of focus, they get blurry. Right now, is your life blurry? Is the future blurry? Some of us, you know, maybe just struggling into the end of the year. Oh, 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 I'm just going to make it. I can't wait till you know, annual leave. It's just like we're getting there. But I really believe God doesn't want you just to struggle into the end of the year. He wants you to go into next year with clarity. And, and, and thanksgiving and worship, I've found, it, it, it like cleanses my heart so I can get clarity on the next season ahead. Where does God want to take you in the next season of your life? See, life is too short not to have focus. You now, You and I don't have enough strength to do everything. We don't have enough time and energy. When we're young, we thought we could do anything. But some of us are getting old. And we're too old not to focus. You know, some of our lens is too wide. And we're trying to be everything to everyone. And we wonder why life is blurry. Uh, In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10, it says, If the axe is dull, more strength is required. I don't know about you, but in the next season of my life, I want the axe head to be sharp. So when I expend energy, it's going to be effective. God wants your life to be productive. And I believe that comes with focus. But the key to bringing focus is, is thanksgiving and praise. Now, if you got your Bible, let's flick over to just Ephesians chapter 3. In fact, I, I felt just in praying for 2020 already. That this is going to be a, a landmark uh, verse. Um, uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19. Verse 19. It says to know the love of Christ. To know the love of Christ. It's no ordinary love. It's not human love. You know, The love of Christ is an unconditional love. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. In other words you can't comprehend this thing in your head. It, it, it surpasses your understanding to know the love of Christ, to, to experience the love of Christ. It says, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. I like that. That you may be filled with the fullness. Not just a little dab, not a drop. But you may be filled with with the fullness of God verse 20 now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen now now i think we should have got a little bit more excited when i read that verse because this is in Sam's words, this is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. You know, God's given us a love that surpasses all understanding. We're being filled. He wants to fill us with the fullness of Christ. And to Him who is able. To, come on, turn to your name and say, God is able. Come on, God is able. Now, to Him who is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above. All that we could ask or think. And, and He does it according to what? According to the power that works in us. Wow. To Him be the glory in the church. Yeah. By Christ Jesus Good. to all generations forever and ever. Yeah, 2020, I, I believe it's going to be a year where we're full and we're overflowing. Wow. We are full and we're overflowing in Jesus' name. Yeah, you try and put something... Uh, big inside something small, you know, it's like, it's pretty difficult. You buy a sleeping bag, you know, it comes in a little compact package. You know, you think that's convenient, you know, it won't take up much space. And you pull the sleeping bag out and you think this is great, but then you try and put it back in. It doesn't go in, you know. They sucked all the air out of that thing. You're jumping on it, and and that is like intense. Some of us are going away on camping holidays. You know, tents come in these small packages, you know, and you think, this is great, this is convenient, fits in the back of the boot, but you pull the tent out, you set it up, you know, you enjoy your holiday, you go to pack it down, and how many know it doesn't fit in one bag any longer? Now you need three bags. to to fit the tent in. Now, being filled with the fullness of God, you think the fullness of God fitting inside of you? Some of you are big, but not that big. You know, you can't be filled with the fullness of God. You know, it, it happens if you're filled with the fullness of God, how many know there's going to be overflow? There's going to be abundance. And God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above. All that we could ask or think. And i believe in 2020 is going to be a year we don't we, we don't just get a little drop, you know, a little dab. You know, we don't just have a little experience, but we are filled with the fullness. Come on, we're filled with the fullness of Christ. Come on, let's give God an abundant hand clap. Come on, not a gold hand clap. Come on, an abundant hand clap in Jesus' name. But what you've got to understand is there's stages to our growth and development. It's just like when people you know, encountered Jesus for the first time. Initially, stage one, they were attracted to the miracles of Jesus. And I like how, how T.D. Jakes puts, uh, puts this because it, it, it's a pathway in which you know, people are naturally drawn. We often say here at Equippers Church that, that power will draw you, but it's purpose that will keep you. Soon... You know, what is amazing becomes normal. You know, people come in first time, oh, the music's incredible, oh, you know, everything around. You know, after a while, a couple of years, it's like, well, that's just normal. We're no longer impressed by what we're impressed by yesterday. And, and so we need more miracles and we need more to happen. And that's what happened with Jesus. Crowds were gathered because he, he fed the multitude with five loaves and two fish. He turned the water into wine. He did miracles. And even Jesus said, oh, some of you, you're only following me because of the miracles. You know, in church, you know, it's almost like you know, the thing is we've got to take it up a notch because we've got to keep, you know, keep people happy and impressed by miracles. But Jesus didn't just, you know, keep on doing miracles. In fact, you know, he went then on to message, message. And, and, and he sat them down. He gave them the Sermon of the Mount. And he started speaking to them. And he says, blessed are you, which sounds good at the start. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. And people received that. And, but then he started dealing with the inner motivation of people's hearts. And it was a little bit confronting. And as time went on, he, you know, he stuck to his message. He started saying things like, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And, and people go, oh, I don't know if I want in on that. And they didn't quite understand it. It's like, well, you got to do that. He said, if you're to have life. And, you know, John 666. How I many know that's never going to be a good verse? You know, John 6, yeah, there is a verse, you can look at it in your Bible. John six six six, you know, actually says from that moment forth, a whole lot of people turned back and no longer followed him. See, see, they loved the miracles, they loved the healings, they loved what was going around, you know, why things are moving forward. It's like, man, I'm on board. Yeah. I'm in. But as soon as Jesus transitioned into a season of message, it was like, oh, I don't know about this. See, the question we've got to ask even of ourselves is: Will people love you out of your se- when you're out of season? See, we all go through seasons. How I many know when a football team is winning, the crowds are big. Come on, just go to Mount Smart. They haven't been big of late. <laughs> but when it's winning, you know, we're there. We're supporting. Crowds are big, but, but the moment a team goes through a transition, you know, it has to develop something, it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm in here. You know, he started speaking stuff that they didn't understand. And as a result of that, you know, many people stopped following. They, they love the season of miracles, they love having all their needs met. But when he started talking about discipline, the crowd disappeared. See, see, one thing I've learned in leadership, been leading for some time now, is you can't be led or moved by the size of the crowd. Uh, see, if we're to be full with the fullness of Christ, in fact, what's our main objective here? You know, our main objective is to create an environment where, where Christ can be formed in an individual. I want to say right at the start, we're not here to entertain you. Come on, come on. Yeah, power will draw you, but purpose will keep you. And and as a leader, we're not gonna be moved by the size of the crowd. You know, I can't let you have the remote and I'm not gonna be your TV. You know, I'm not just gonna tell you what you wanna hear. Because the goal is that you be filled with the fullness of Christ. No, not the fullness of good ideas. No, not not the fullness of the things that are just going to make you happy in a moment. No, but that you be filled with the with the fullness of Christ. See, see, we're not just here to fill a room. Uh, the role of of the church is to make disciples. And, and to make disciples, we need to be filled with the fullness of Christ. You know what moving around from venue to venue has done is it's has given us insight. That we might not be as far on as we thought, because it's amazing how many people will come when it's convenient. But you know, heres oh, that's a little bit too difficult, and, and we embrace a convenience Christianity rather than a Christianity that's based on conviction. Yeah, I love the miracles that are taking place at Equipper' Church, but that's not why we're here. You know, know, we've got to transition. Some of us need to transition from miracles and just nice feelings to to message and mission. Uh, To message and mission. God's got a mission for you to outwork. And we don't want just a crowd. Just a crowd. It's easy to get a crowd. We can get a crowd. But Gideon proved that that 300 on mission in agreement was more powerful than 32,000 and defeating the enemy. See, see we can do more if, if we're all filled with the fullness of Christ. And many, many, many people said, just like in Jesus' day, well, that's a hard message. That's a hard message. Who can bear that? But it's important that we move from, from miracles to message, which then will transition us into the third season, which is a season of moments. Moments with Jesus. See, a moment with Jesus is a defining moment. I'm thankful that Jesus has healed me. In fact, I've been diagnosed twice with two incurable diseases. God healed me of the first one some years ago. In fact, I just had a checkup recently. Yeah, a checkup and clear again. I've got to have one every five years, and by God's grace, no sign of this disease that they said would be with me for the rest of my life. I, I got diagnosed earlier this year for eight weeks. I had vertigo and uh, they diagnosed with, me with Mini disease. And they said, this is something, you know, the tinnitus in your ear is something that you're just going to have to live with. You're just going to have to build coping mechanisms and it's something that you're going to have. But eight weeks later, I, I got totally set free and Jesus healed me. Come on, God's a good God. But what, but what happens when you pray and things don't work out as expected? You know, Jesus, he, he prayed for people, they got healed. But how many know, everyone Jesus prayed for still died. Think about that. Everybody he prayed for. You know, sometimes we pray and the person dies. What, what, what do we do then? See, are, are you just following God for the miracles or the message? Because when we pray and things don't work out, what happens is we get disappointed because God didn't do what I wanted him to do. The question I want to ask you is Will you follow God when God doesn't do what you want him to do? See, God spoke to me years ago while I was in hospital and he said, Sam, you've got to have an even if spirit. I go, What's that? And he took me to Daniel where where the three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were in the fire. And and, they got put in the fire because they refused to bow down to the idol that Nebuchadnezzar had made. And they said to Nebuchadnezzar, they said, we believe God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. And, and, and God said, Sam, that's what you've got to have in your heart. You've got to have an even if spirit. You've got to believe for miracles. You've got to believe for breakthrough and believe that God can and wants to do it. But even if He doesn't, even if He doesn't, you know, you're not to bow down. You know, so many people come into church and go, well, yeah, I'm going to believe it. But, but if it doesn't happen, I'm out of here. You know, I'm believing God for a life partner. If it doesn't happen in two years, you know, I'm gonna go back to the clubs. You know, it's like we, we do things. You know, I'm believing God for this. I'm believing for healing here. You know, praying, but if, if somebody close to me dies, you know, there's this level of disappointment. And in, in the end, maybe we're just following God for the miracles. And we've missed the message and, and the moments that God wants to bring us into. You know, some things, you know, I, I gotta say this year haven't worked out. You know, I, I thought we'd be in a permanent building by now as a church. I, I really did. Yeah, you know, I think that. I, I believe God's promised it, I still believe it, but but I thought by now, in many places, this is not what I had in mind. You know, us moving from place to place. You know, I, I wanna challenge you the power to stop us more than anything is we limit God to what we have in mind. Uh, we limit God to what we have in mind. And when we don't get what we have in mind, uh, we, we, actually, uh, we actually bail out. Uh, what happens when you don't get what you have in mind when it comes to marriage? Well, this is not what I had in mind before I got married. Do you bail out? Well, what if you get a daughter You know, that's not what you had in mind. What if you get a son? That's not what you had in mind. It it doesn't match your plan. Come on, life throws at us stuff that we don't expect. You know, in those moments, do we praise Him? Only when we get what we had in mind? You know, we've got to be careful because in many places, you know, we're not serving God. We just want God to serve us. We we want God to serve what we have in mind. We want God to serve, you know, our plans, which means that we have more faith in our thoughts than His thoughts. You know, many of us know Jeremiah twenty-nine, verse eleven, and often it gets misquoted. You know, people quote it as a nice, feel-good verse. But here, here, let's read over Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven. It says, "For I know the plans I have for you." (laughs) Whose plans are they? Who, whose plans, and who knows them? Yeah, God says, I know the plans I have for you. You know, it's like, oh, well, I know the plans I have for me. God, you just need to get on board. <laughs> no, no, but that's not what it's saying here. It's saying, I know. Come on, equip church. God knows the plans. And, and so God knows the plans He has for us, declares the Lord. And what are they? They're plans to prosper us. And not to harm us, the plans to give us a hope in a future. See, if you believed what he thought, you would rejoice always. If you believe what he thought, you would rejoice always. So Sometimes God will allow things to walk out of your life. And he'll do it only because he's got something better in mind. I want to suggest to you today that some of your greatest blessings are unanswered prayer. You're praying for this. You're praying for something small, but God had something big in store for you. And you could have settled for something small, but God's got something greater. I want to declare over his Church. Come on, God's got something bigger. Come on, He's able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly above. I don't know about you, but I get excited in this. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think or imagine. That's our God. You know, if you believe what He thought, you'll rejoice always. How many know He has a greater capacity to make things happen than we do? And if we just trust Him, We move forward. In fact, on this verse, I just saw a short clip on social media. Steve Furtick was saying we read verse 11, but we forget verse 12 and 13, uh, which says, it says, you know, after the plans to give you a hope and a future, it says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me, and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You know, it's saying, God, My plans are minuscule in comparison to what you have. But for me to take hold of your plans, I've got to seek you. I've got to go after you with all of my heart. And if I go after God with all of my heart, it's there and then I'm going to find Him. See, some of you, you've had a disappointing year. Things haven't quite worked out as what you thought. You know, it would happen at the beginning of the year. What are you gonna do with that disappointment? See, the, the reason why a lot of people miss moments is because they're not consecrated enough to have those moments. The defining moments are moments that you have all by yourself and God. See, see miracles take place, the message happens at church. And in fact, many people can come along for the message. And the, and the message, just give me the message. You know, in fact, that's why some of us arrive late because, you know, we'll just skip the praise and the worship and we will get to the message. It's like, you know, let's just get the message. We want the message, but the message happens at church. But here's the deal, moments happen at home. Moments happen in your car. Uh moments happen when you're frustrated and you don't know what to do and you've got these challenges at work and you're facing these obstacles at home. It's moments where you cry out to God with all of your heart, And in that moment, you experience God. See, see the message and the moments aren't meant to be locked into to a Sunday meeting where we gather together. And some of us were looking for message, but we haven't yet discovered Moments. Here, yeah, a moment with God will cost you something. And that's why many people embrace an empty religion that's void of experience because they're not prepared to pay the cost. And, and what Psalm 100 does, is it creates a pathway for you and I to experience moments with God. What's the pathway? We're to enter His gates with... And we're to come into His courts with... With praise. That, that's a pathway. You know, praise it's, it's a gateway to his cause, uh, courts. In other words, his praises, the password. Do you just praise God when he answers what you had in mind? Or can you praise him? Can you rejoice always? See, see what praise and do, uh, worship does it, it, it's a spiritual detox. We're, we're complaining and negativity and our rights can't exist. They can you, know, you can't praise God and complain at the same time. It, it's, it's pretty hard to do those two things. Yeah, you know, uh, we can sing songs of worship. Yeah, you know, we can sing the lyrics in there. But, you know, just because somebody sung the songs and lifted their hand didn't mean that they, they worshipped, didn't mean they kissed. Well, God kissed them. There was a kiss of God. Come God, God, I, I want the kiss of God. You know, when you have a moment with God, it means after that moment, no situation will make you doubt Him ever again. Because you had a moment. You know, I had a moment where I, I poured out my frustration. God, I need you in here. But I, I know God's spoken. And then nothing around me is going to deter me from what God's promised me. See, when you ha- had a moment, you don't give up. When you had a moment, you don't stop seeking. When you had a moment, you don't grow weary in doing good. Because you know in due season, you'll reap if you don't lose hearts. See, when you had a moment, you maintain focus. You maintain enthusiasm. Now I've been doing this for some years right now, and some people say, well, how have you been able to sustain that? I've had a moment, and I've had moments after moments. Where, I mean, See, you don't sustain it if, if everything's determined by your external world. See, my concern in a lot of places is some of us, you know, we've embraced the message, but we still haven't had moments. Even if it doesn't look like what I had in mind. God's caught my heart. Even if none go with me, still I will follow. Yeah, you got to understand. Jesus, Jesus' life, He was the master and not meeting people's expectations. He was the master. You know, even how they thought He would come. They thought He would come and He'd be born in a palace, not a stable. They thought he'd be born of a natural union, not a virgin birth through a teenage girl from a hick town. You know, talk about mismatched expectations. And and they missed Jesus because they had the expectations on this, but Jesus came another way. You know, Jesus is a boy, you know, was arguing with rabbis. Talk about letting his parents down, so they thought. Peter, he he was disappointed in Jesus. Peter's mother-in-law was sick, and Jesus prayed for her, and she got healed. Peter was disappointed. Some actually believe that's why he denied Jesus later on. But, yeah. but Peter was, he, he was greatly disappointed in Jesus. He wanted to be the general in the army of a living Lord, not a disciple and a dead one. Come on, come on! We know the story of the five loaves and the two fish, and the feeding of the multitude. You know, there, there came a time where they wanted him to do it again, and Jesus just looked at them and said, "I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life." They they didn't want that type of king. They wanted Burger King. <laughs> but he said, "I am the bread of life." See, see, one minute the crowd was saying "Hosanna," and the next minute they were saying "Crucify him." The crowds can be fickle. Now, right now, this could be offensive, but perhaps if anyone's expectations ought to be disappointed, maybe we disappoint Him more than He disappoints us. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt when when bad things happen. I'm not saying that it's part of God's plan to punish you. I'm not saying you have the, the right to wonder why God, how God, when God. I'm not saying that, but I am saying at times when you don't get what you want from God, the truth is you haven't got what you deserve. You haven't got what you deserve. Look at your life right now. And, and for real, think. Think about the things that God could have punished you for. He could have, but He punished His Son how I many know that's a whole different perspective? That's a whole different way to look at things. You know, And just looking at it like that, you're not going to get down. You're not going to get grumpy. You know, your heart is going to overflow. Man, where I am today is because of Him. The fact that I have breath in my lungs. The fact that I'm surrounded by these people and I have the freedom to worship God. How amazing is that? Come on, don't get focused on what's not happened. Come on, God wants to open your eyes and he wants to cause you to see what is happening and what he wants to come and do in and through your life. Just to finish off, if we could have all the musicians up. Josh is already there. Here's the thing. The only reason, whoa, (laughs) that'll wake you up. When they came through loud here, I don't know if it was loud out there. It was? Yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad it was. Here's the thing. The only reason sometimes God doesn't meet our expectations is, is only because He wants to exceed them. If God had always met our expectations, He wouldn't have the chance to exceed them. Come on, God wants to blow your mind in the next season of your life. But He wants your trust to be firmly planted in Him. See, we can be confident when things are going well. Things are going well at work, yeah, confident. Crowds all around us, yeah. Do things right, yeah. Miracles, crowd, crowd, miracles bring crowds. But what, what about when you're out of season where things aren't happening like they once did? Is your trust firmly planted in Jesus? Are you planted in him? Planted? Or is your confidence based on performance? He wants you to fill you with the fullness of Christ, the fullness. He wants you to experience a love that's not based on performance. He wants to know you and he wants to do. Here's the good news. He wants to do above and beyond. Above and beyond. He wants to exceed your expectation. That verse is, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. For some of us, it doesn't take much to exceed our asking and our thinking. Some places God wants to say, come on, I want you to ask for more. I want you to believe for more. I want you to go for more. Come on, you need to get rid of that small thinking. I've called you to greatness. I've anointed you. I've placed my hand on you. God wants to go above and beyond all that we could ask or think or imagine. And he wants to do it according to, according to what? The power that works in us. It's in us. You can have stuff going on around you, but not have much in you. But God says, no, I I want it in you. I want it in you. I want to form it in you. Christ be formed in you. It's not just a message you hear and then you go away. No, it needs to be in you. In you. Because when it's in you, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're alone or with a crowd, man, you can have a moment. Because you're taking Christ wherever you go. You have Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is He that is in you than anything it's, it, it's in you. According to the power that works where it, it works in you. What's working in you right now? It's got to work in you. That you'd be filled with the fullness of Christ. Filled with the fullness of Christ. Overflow in moments we're going into holidays the origin of their word holidays is holy days these are days that are set aside yeah to, to relax to enjoy but to have moments where God can speak into your future and your destiny come on I want to encourage you don't go on holiday from God you know, even in your honoring of God with your tithe, don't save it up to spend it all on presents. Come on, put God first. Consecrate yourself. Set it apart. Give Him the, your first and your best, and you watch what He'll do with the rest. You know, come on, sanctify yourself. And it's in those places you'll experience more than you could ever imagine, and more that you can ever, more than you can ever think. Come on, how many are thankful? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's me going, oh man, it's pretty hard to thank God for what He's done. You're saved. You're saved. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Come on, that's something that you should never stop thanking God for.